Hey everybody, welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Coach Kelly Tammy out here in beautiful San Diego, California. And we are talking about where's my tribe at this week. You know, last week I showed up and I went off in the car as I was driving back from Rancho Cucamonga where I was on that big mountain hike trying to get the Cucamonga Peak photo cover for my book and it was absolutely amazing hike number one but when I posted the photos of what it was that I took like I said in last week's recording people didn't really understand what I meant with my book title dear victim it's time for us to break up now so I felt like I had not done a good job of explaining what that really meant so Once I started going off about what it meant to me and how it changed my life and, you know, what I wanted it to project, I just let my passion ensue and and go with it. And evidently you guys loved it because you showed up and showed out last week listening to that podcast. And I've gotten a lot of inboxes and just like, damn, Gina, like you went, you went all in. And, you know, I, I love doing this podcast. I love letting my passion just take over. And I hope that you guys know that everything that I talk about each and every week comes from the bottom of my heart and comes from a place of love and comes from a place of, I want to lift you up. I want to be the wind beneath your wings. I want to empower you. I want to give you strength to take that next step, to jump off the side of the cliff towards your dreams and know that your parachute is going to open up on the way down. The net's going to appear, man, and everything's going to work out better than you could ever imagine. I mean, think about it. How many 50-year-old single white women do you know that gets a vision, sells everything she owns in less than 90 days, and drives across the country to San Diego, California from Atlanta with no job, didn't know anybody, and didn't have anywhere to live, and had less than $700 in her bank account? But I had enough faith that everything was going to work out. And it did. Better than I could ever imagine. Like, I just... My life in Atlanta was great. I came out here because I had a midlife awakening. Not a midlife crisis, man. Like, my life was awakened when I came back from Norway. I had been feeling that there was a big move coming. I'd always lived in the Southeast, except for like the first 10 years, first 11 years of my life where I lived in Chicago, but I'd always lived in Alabama or Atlanta. So Southeast, I'd always gone to Florida on vacation, yada, yada, whatever. So I had an assumption that when I moved, it would be down to Florida, be somewhere down on the Emerald Coast. really didn't want Panama City or anything like that. I was looking more at Tampa. I really didn't want to do Miami. Uh, But, you know, I was looking around some different places and I knew my next big move was going to be to a beach. I knew that I wanted to be by the water, period. And when I moved, that's what it was going to be. I had no idea at that point in time. California never came into my mind about moving at all. It wasn't even in my conscious thought process that California was going to be my new home. And that's just real. And when I got that vision and it said, San Diego, get there and I'll show you further. I was like, okay, I'm out. Sold everything I owned. Drove across country. 
four days after I got here, I got a job, found my roommates, finished my book 90 days after I found the roommates that I currently live with now, which I've been living with them for over a year now. It's just been amazing, man. Like, I have to pinch myself. I've been out here for 15 months, and I have created this amazing life. And it said, I, it, my life in Atlanta wasn't bad at all. Like, I had been at the same gym for six years. I had this great little personal training business. I wanted for nothing. I had a great car. I had, my family was close by. I had a lot of good friends. I did whatever I wanted, went wherever I wanted. Like, there was no reason. Like, in, in, from the world's perspective, from the outside looking in, there was no reason whatsoever for me to pick my ass up and move across country none and so it shocked a lot of people when I said hey I'm moving to California the first words out of most people's mouth well who's in California nobody well why are you going I was like because I got a vision and said that's where my next step is what do you mean you got a vision they don't get it you have a vision for your life Sometimes it takes a little while to form. Sometimes it takes a little while before you can see what that vision is or what that purpose is or maybe what that gut feeling is that you have. Like, I was feeling stagnant. I was feeling like there was more, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Atlanta was not where I was supposed to be. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that my purpose in Atlanta was done. I could have stayed another year in Atlanta, but I knew that I wasn't supposed to be there. Why would I sign another one-year lease to be in a town that I knew I was not supposed to be? Was it a scary decision to move across country? No net. I didn't see a net. Means if I got out here and things were bad, it was a plane flight to get home. A plane flight. I found out the day before I left that my car had a rear main seal leak in it. That means it probably would not have made another trek across the country to get back home. I had no idea how anything was going to work out. I just had faith that if God's source, higher power, inner being gave me that vision and whispered into my soul, get there and I'll show you further that when I took that jump, when I took that leap, the net would appear. The parachute would open. I would come floating down and land safely into my new destiny, my new dream, my new vision, whatever that looked like, even though I had no clue what that was. I knew that I would finish my book when I got here. I didn't know when. I had no idea that it would only take 90 days after I got comfortable in my living situation to finish my book. No, no clue whatsoever. Having a podcast was never in the realm of something that I thought I would ever do. I had listened to a couple of podcasts, but I was not a podcast junkie at that point in time like I am now. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to radio. And it's great. The title of this episode, this is episode 28, if I didn't see the, say that in the beginning, it's called, Where's My Tribe At? I'm looking for my women, man. Fellas, I mean, you want to join the tribe, I'm all about it. But I, I can only speak from a woman's perspective. Although I do know I have several men that listen to this and they love this podcast because like, I just get real. 
I know men go through depression. I know there are men that feel like they're not enough. I know that there are men that deal with some of the same bullshit things that we deal with. They deal with people trying to douse their dreams. They deal with people telling them that they're not good enough. They deal with society saying you have to do X, Y, and Z or you're not a man. It's all bullshit. All of it. Like, I want to waken you up. This is a life awakening tribe call. Where's my tribe at? So, before we jump any deeper into this, because I have got some stuff for y'all today. Uh, let's take a minute and just sit right here. <laughs> I had some fresh fruits pop up in my head. And listen to my sponsors for this week. And we will be right back with Where's My Tribe At? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is your hostess with Moses, Coach Kelly Tammy. And Where's My Tribe At? We are cultivating a life awakening tribe. Those women, those men, those people. I want to say you're all humans. I don't know if I have any non-humans listening to the podcast or not. But, you know, hey, everybody's welcome. Where's my tribe at, man? Like, those who want to awaken the beast within. Those who want to awaken their life and start creating their life by design. And stop letting other people in the cheap seats tell you who and where you should be living and where you should be going in your life. And, and you know how I know your life is unique to you? I'm, I'm fixing to spit some, spit some huge wit, uh, uh, ahas on you right now. Did you know that your fingerprint is specific to you? You and only you have that fingerprint that is on each and every one of your fingers. Each and every one of your fingers has an individual print that is specific to you. God, source, higher power, created you uniquely and individually. That print on your finger lets you know that you are special. You were put on this earth or you came to this earth, depending on what your belief structure is, you came to this earth to leave a specific an individual and powerful and amazing print. You get to leave your print, your fingerprint, your footprint, whatever you want to call it, on this earth. And the butterfly effects of that, you may not ever know, but you never know who's watching you. If you're a mom or a dad and you got kids, I'm telling you, they are watching everything that you do or not they hear everything you say or not they watch and listen to every promise that you keep or not they decide at a very young age whether they want to be like you or not they decide at a very young age whether or not they can trust you or not. With that trusting their mother or that father also comes the belief at a very young age as to whether or not they can trust men or women in their life. 
If they can't trust their mom, how are they going to trust other females in their life? If their mom is not trustworthy, how is some other female going to be trustworthy? If their dad is not trustworthy, if their dad is all if their dad is always angry and mean and nasty to their mom, how are they going to expect to have something different in their own life because that's what they have always seen? How are they going to trust that another man who is not their father to do something different than they have watched their father do. I want you to think about that. If you are married and you have problems in your marriage, your children are watching you. They are seeing right now how a marriage is supposed to be or not. They are making a decision. I want my marriage to be like my parents or not. I want a man in my, in my life like my father or not. I want a mother-in-law in my life like my mother or not. I want my friends to have the same trustworthiness like, my like I can trust my mother or not. I can tell you mine were all nots. Like I didn't trust women for a very long time. You, if you were a female, you could not be in my life. No, it was the highest, my man. You got way over there. Now, because I've done so much personal growth and I've worked on myself and I've let go of those false beliefs, those old paradigms, those old thought patterns, those old hurts, I've let them go. I've forgiven them and I've moved on. And I have started cultivating a tribe of strong, beautiful, powerful, supportive women in my life that are absolutely amazing. I'm trying to add to my tribe, man. I have a very selective group of men in my life that I can trust. I have checks and balances for anybody that comes into my circle. I watch you. I see what you do. I hear what you say. And I see what you do behind what you say or not. I give you enough room to do what you want to do so you can prove and or show me what it is that you want to do. I pretty much know all I need to know from there. I'm saying this because you need to do that too. Give people, men, women, and the like, enough room to do what they want to do and they'll show you what they'd rather do. I promise you, if you let them show you who they are, they're not lying. If they tell you who they are, they're not lying. You get to decide whether they stay or not. You get to decide whether they get to speak into your life or not. Remember that you are unique. You are beautiful. You are strong. You are powerful. You are amazing. And you were made to leave your print on this earth like none of us make it out alive man like i talked about this last week like if you hold a ruler in front of you and you find your age on there if you break that ruler off if it's not bendable break that bad boy off and hold up the two pieces together the part from now to 100 that you got left and the part from now backwards that's already gone which one have you got more of what are you going to do with the time you got left on this earth? Me? I'm trying to leave my footprint, my handprint, my fingerprint, 
my life print on this earth. I'm trying to do my very best to help hurt people heal. I am a hurt person that, he, uh, let me rephrase that. I am a healed person that wants to help hurt people heal. That's my purpose in life. I want to help you be the best you that you can be. So ladies, straighten up your crown. It, got, it, it fell off, got a little dirty. It's okay. Dust that bad boy off. Put it back on top of your head where it belongs. Hold that chin up. Pull them shoulders back. Take a deep breath. Man, that fresh air feels good. I say fresh air because I'm outside today. I'm not recording up in my room. So if you hear the background noise of the highway or birds chirping or whatever, I'm outside on my back patio because it's beautiful today. You are created uniquely and beautifully and powerfully. You and only you get to decide how to use all of that. Nobody else gets to tell you who you are or where you're going. It's time for you to figure out who's in your tribe. You, know, you want to join my tribe? Great. I am, I am welcoming you with open arms. But when you're not in my tribe, you got to figure out who's in your tribe. You got to figure out who's in your tribe. We all have a tribe. Good, bad, or indifferent. We have a tribe. Hire and fire accordingly. And don't feel guilty about it. If the people in your tribe, male or female, whether they're family members, whether they're your significant other, whether they're your children, your grandparents, your aunt, uncle, co-workers, boss, whatever. If they're not supporting your dreams, if they're not the wind beneath your wings, if they are not cheering you on and celebrating your wins with you, fire their ass and hire somebody else and don't feel guilty about it. Like, think about that. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. It's that kind of negativity that got your ass stuck where you're at now. Sorry, not sorry. I want you to figure this out. I talk about this all the time, man. The people in your circle are the ones that will make you or break you. You don't need those negative ass folks dragging you down and beating you with experience. If you're on a different journey, then go. They can't walk in your shoes. Your shoes are your shoes. Your journey is your journey. Their journey is their journey. So what? Don't dim your light because they can't find their own. That's not your problem. You just keep shining your light and hopefully you will inspire them to start turning their own up. Like that's real, man. That is real. You cannot control how other people receive your energy. Think about that. You cannot control how other people receive your energy. Some people would call it an attitude. Some people would call it just receiving you in general. You know what I mean? Like, let me help you understand this. So if you walk into a room and you see the clicks, like in high school, think about it. There were clicks. They were these people over in this circle. Like generally the cheerleaders were all in one circle. The jocks were in another circle. You had the nerds in another circle. And then you had the misfits in another circle. You had the kids with money, the rich kids in another circle. And then you had 
the the poor kids over here in the other circle you had the bullies in another circle and you had the kids that got bullied in another circle those were the cliques they weren't allowed to mix it was divide and conquer that's how it was you get to decide who's in your clique aka tribe you got a bully in your tribe boy bye you got somebody you got that super nerd in your in your clique that's trying to belittle and downgrade you and tell you that you're stupid and you're not going to do nothing girl bye like i ain't got time for all that go handle your own stuff they don't know how to handle your energy and everything and, and it's not about you how they receive your energy i'm gonna say this again how they receive your energy how they look at you it ain't about you it's about what it is that they're going through it's through their filtered lenses through all the bullshit and hurt and pain and suffering or whatever it is that they got going on that's how they view what it is that you got going on if they're jealous it's because they want to feel like you feel they want to stand tall like you stand tall they want to be positive like you're positive whatever that looks like but they don't know how to do it and they're afraid to ask so all they do is spew their shit on you because they don't know how to do anything else if they can dull your shine maybe just maybe they think it's going to turn theirs up you ain't going to turn your shine up by dulling somebody else's you cannot brighten your shine by trying to put somebody else's out i'm gonna say that again you cannot make your light shine brighter by trying to put the shade on somebody else's trying to put out their shine you want to shine brighter help them shine brighter because when you're shining they're shining y'all standing together y'all light up the whole fucking room how's that for an epiphany like i'm for real man it is not about you when somebody else doesn't see you for who you are they're looking at you through their filtered lenses of hurt pain and suffering and they got to put on their shades because your shine is so bright don't let that knock you off your course man don't let that dim your light because you feel bad because they can't find their own cut it out cut it out love them where they're at man love them where they're at sometimes it's hard and i get that and i've been guilty and i'm gonna be 100 transparent i've been guilty of somebody coming at me crossways and spewing that shit at me and i cut them i i i come back at them as hard as they come at me I did that for a really long time because I was still hurt. I was still fine. I, I thought I had found my light. When somebody would try to put my light out, I got defensive. I got defensive and I got angry. Like, who the fuck you think you are trying to dull my shine? Let me tell you about you. I didn't need to do that. And if there's anybody listening to this podcast and you were one of those people that I did that to back in the day, I'm sorry. I really am. I was trying to find my own power. I was trying to find a way to blow the lid off my box and I wasn't sure, number one, that I could. Number two, I didn't know how. Number three, I didn't know if I did, 
what would happen, where it was going or how it would turn out. And so my defensiveness, my anger and my hurt when you came at me was my protection. It's a way to protect myself and protect what little bit of light I had in my soul because I didn't want anybody else to blow it out. So if I came at you crossways and I was hurtful and I was angry or I was disrespectful in any way to you, I'm sorry. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart and I hope that you will find it in your heart to forgive me. You didn't deserve it. And I don't even care. I, I can't even tell you what you said to me or if you said anything that even deserved it. And that's just being honest. So I, I'm just gonna own my part and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And if you know you did something like, I, it, it, it's a blanket of forgiveness. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I'm not holding on to any hurt or any anger or any discord toward anybody. Like I, um, I did an interview on Monday for another podcast. And, you know, he asked me the question and I posed this question in my, in my Life Awakening podcast Facebook group. He asked the question, or well, he asked me the question if I had forgiven everybody that had ever hurt me, including my mother for the sexual abuse, my father for the sexual abuse, my stepdad for raping me when I was 13, um, all the bad relationships, whatever. And I said, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't harbor any ill feelings toward anyone. I was like, I mean, my mother became friends again. We had a relationship. You know, I was like, there were times where our relationship was still strained because she never beat her demons. But, you know, I love my mother very much. I still love her. And I said, I miss her big bear hugs, man. Her mama hugs. They were great. You know, I miss the, the talks that we used to have. And, you know, it's like, even though she had her own demons to battle, she was 100% supportive of what it was that I did, even if it terrified her. Like, she hated every time I got on a plane. But she knew that I was fearless. And she supported me the best way she knew how. And he made the comment, well, that's very adult of you. It's very grown up of you, very adult of you. I'm not sure which wording that he used. And it's not the first time here in the last three or four weeks that I've heard that comment when I'm talking about something that I've done or somebody that I've forgiven or what it is that I've gone through or whatever. It's very adult of you. And so I posed the question, and, I, and I'm not offended by those words. Let me, let me clarify that. I'm not offended by that. But it was just, I was just curious. Like, is it so commonplace that people want to live in their victim and blame other people and live in that pity and that hurt instead of taking responsibility from that point forward for where they are in life? Like, is it really that commonplace? And I, and I guess I've answered that, answered my own question because I wrote a whole book about it. Dear victim, it's time for us to break up now. I always want to cultivate that in my life from here forward. And, it, and also cultivate it in as many people that are willing to listen and, and take on that same mantra, that same adulting, so to speak. Like taking responsibility for your life. Taking responsibility for where it is that you are. Taking responsibility for whatever part 
you had in the discord whatever with whatever person it is that you've got going on like none of us are not guilty in a situation and i mean that is as an adult in relationships and things going on if you've got a failed marriage and you got a divorce both of y'all are guilty of something there's two sides to every story and then there's the truth you can be mad about that if you want to, but it's the truth. I've got two failed marriages. I'm coming from my own personal experience. I can't tell you, to be honest, what happened to our first marriage, to my first marriage. Like after I started having the nightmares and I had the realization that, you know, my mother and the confirmation that my mother and my biological father was sexually abusing me. All that, that hard time that we went through after that, we just grew apart, man. There was just, there wasn't, there wasn't enough foundation of love or a desire or a wanting to continue that path for us to figure it out and make it work. Like, I know for a fact, looking back now, that I married for the wrong reasons. That wasn't his fault. I got to own that. And we're friends today. He's engaged. He's got a beautiful fiance. She's super awesome. Like, it worked out exactly how it was supposed to work out. Like, we, we create where it is that we are in life. By our emotions, by our feelings, by our past. Whether we've dealt with our past relationships. Whether we've dealt with our thought processes. Whether we've dealt with our negative belief structures that were I will say for the most part unintentionally planted in our subconscious as we were children our parents you know especially if you grew up on the wrong side of the tracks or you grew up on the poorer side of life you didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth sometimes our parents don't realize that when they say well rich people have everything and they leave those of us here with nothing. Rich people are evil or rich people are bad. Or when they see something negative happen to a rich or a famous person, they plant the seed that being wealthy is not safe. Being rich is not safe. Being, being successful is not safe. It makes you a target. Like All of those could be beliefs that you have. And if you have those subconscious beliefs, let me tell you something. Every time you get close to being rich, being wealthy, being successful, being famous, your subconscious will sabotage what it is that you'll do it and you will go right back to your set point because you haven't dealt with that belief and you may not have even known that you had that belief going on. And there's a way to muscle test that and figure it out. So there's that and we'll save that for another podcast. People will teach you, people will teach you a lot. They'll teach you how to love by not loving you back. And what I mean by that is they will teach you what you want in a loving relationship by not loving you back. They will teach you what forgiveness is and how to forgive by not apologizing, by not even acknowledging that they hurt you. People will teach you how to grow by remaining stagnant, by doing the same stuff over and over and over and over again for years and not ever doing anything any different. 
Think about that. I've got some friends that I used to hang with back in the day. They doing the same shit in the same clubs with the same people every weekend. Just the names and the faces have changed. That's it. They haven't grown. They're still doing that same shit that they've been doing. And if you want that life, hey, high five. You have reached the pinnacle of awesome average. If average is it, if you shoot for average and that's the best you got, you're going to hit it every time. If you shoot and aim at nothing because you're content where you are, you're going to hit it every time. Are you okay staying where you are? Do you want to be just like your friends? That's what I mean, man. You got to know your circle. You have to cultivate a tribe that has the same goals or at least our goal setters, goal chasers, goal getters, goal givers. They are supporters, cheerleaders, and at the same time, they're willing to be your coach and stand up to you and check you when you're not doing what you said you were going to do in the moment you said you were going to do it. I said that to somebody the other day. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not your cheerleader, man. I'm your coach first. I am your coach first, your cheerleader second. When you win, I am celebrating with you. I am going to fan those flames. I'm going to help you figure out the steps it is that you've got to take to get to where it is that you want to go. Sometimes it's just helping you get some clarity to even think about where it is that you want to go. That's my job as a coach. I'm not here to cheer you on when you're not doing shit for me to cheer you on. If you're sitting on your ass not doing anything to get your goals accomplished, you're not figuring out a bullet list. I got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. I need to research this. I don't know enough about this. Who can I find that knows more about this that can either teach me or let me get in my Google search bar? We are in the information age, and if you are ignorant about a subject that you need to know more about, your ignorance is a choice. If you don't have internet, you can go to the library. It's free. Google is powerful. You can find out anything that you want to know on Google. You want to know how to do something? All right, look up do-it-yourself on YouTube. They've got a do-it-yourself video for everything. And I have to thank the nerds in my life, <laughs> past and present, that would not always just do it for me or tell me how to do it. They would send me a link to a YouTube video and say, figure it out. Because that's the only way I was going to learn. Them doing it for me doesn't teach me shit. Them asking enough questions to make me ask questions, that teaches me something. There are some things that are just out of the scope of my expertise. And I know that I would waste more time trying to figure it out than I would if I said, hey, like I read like this is Greek to me. I don't get it. Will you please help me or will you do this for me? <laughs> Let me cook you dinner. Let me take you out to eat. Let me buy you a six pack. Let me buy you a bottle. Let me like, what does that look like? Let me give you a training program. Let me give you a meal plan. Like what, what, what can we trade? Do I need to pay you? How much is that going to cost me? Sometimes you got to know your sweet spot and know whether or not it's something that you 
want to invest the time in doing or is it going to be more beneficial to pay somebody that already has those expertise and can give you the cliff notes of what it is that you need to know from that point forward like that's just real sometimes when you are going through hard times in life going through the struggles that's life's way of trying to give you some wisdom to get you to your next level. That's life trying to teach you something. There's a lesson there for you to learn. Those lessons become blessings. And the quicker that you figure out, oh, hey, you know what? I got a lot of shit crumbling around me right now. I got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff that I don't love going on right now. And I see this pattern. That's what being aware, having an awareness of what's going on in your life, what has previously went on in your life. That's why we did the exercises we did with the relationships and don't believe the hype. Look at your relationships. What were the things that went wrong? What were the things that you didn't like? Oh, you in a new relationship now? How many of those things in that new relationship are a mirror image of some of the shit you already went through? That's a lesson that you ain't learned yet. You've got to figure that shit out. Life is trying to give you wisdom. Life is trying to give you knowledge. But if you're not taking those lessons, that knowledge, and turning it into wisdom and applying it to your life, you are going to be on the same freaking merry-go-round for years to come. And this time next year, you're going to be in the same fucking spot that you are right now. Are you okay with that? I'm not. And I don't want that for you. Like, I don't. I want you to listen to what life is trying to tell you. Take notes, man. Take notes. And in this next part might be a little hard to hear. And it, and it might even, like, kind of kind of beat some folks up, but it's not your responsibility to babysit other people's insecurity. It's not your responsibility to babysit other people's insecurities, man. You are not obligated to slow down your bloom, your shine, to meet them at a level that is comfortable for them. That's what I mean by you are not obligated to to babysit somebody else's insecurities. When I say give somebody the Heisman, and that's what I mean. Like, that's your insecurities that we are a mirror image. What we got going on in our life is a mirror image. Okay? You want to know where you are? You want to know where your thought processes are? You want to know where your feelings are? You want to know where your emotions are at? Look at what's going on around you. If all the people around you are bitching, moaning, groaning, and complaining about their job, their spouse, their kids, their in-laws, their outlaws, whatever that looks like, all the circumstances going on in their life, and you're sitting in the middle of that, you're doing the same shit they are. You have got to turn your shine up so bright and stop babysitting the people that want to bitch, moan, and groan, and complain about their life. Stop babysitting their insecurities. Flip that mirror around and let them look at themselves and repel that magnet, man. Move yourself up. Make them work to think about how they can have a conversation with you. You should be leveling up so hard and so fast that they've got to figure out 
how they can even talk to you. I'm just saying, I said that last week. Your growth is way more important, way more important than their insecurities. It's way more important than babysitting somebody else because they hadn't figured out how to turn their light on yet. Your growth is way more important to dim your shine because somebody else can't find their own. I want you to remember that. Your growth, I'm gonna say it again, your growth is way more important, way too important to dull your shine because somebody else can't find their own. And the other thing that you need to know about your growth is it's probably gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna like, so think about when you were a teenager and you were growing high, you know, especially if you had like guys, especially, you had those what the doctors called growing pains where you were growing at such a fast rate that sometimes your knees or your ankles or your hips and stuff hurt because you were uh, growing faster than your tendons and ligaments would allow you to grow. They weren't, they weren't, they were being stretched too fast. Growing pains. When you're growing from one level to the next, it's going to be uncomfortable because you haven't experienced that new level. But on the flip side of that, I want you to know that once you grow and you, and you climb out of that box that you're in, you can't go back. You can't go back to who you were because now you've expanded. You've outgrown that box. You've outgrown that relationship. You've outgrown that job. You've outgrown that dream. You've outgrown that vision. You've outgrown that friend or friend of me, whatever that, whatever that looks like. That growth is going to be uncomfortable, but it's only because you haven't been there before. You haven't been that new version of yourself. Breathe in and give yourself some grace, man. Give yourself some grace for the stumbling blocks that you may hit. Give yourself some grace for the frustration you may feel because you haven't, got, haven't quite figured it out yet. But the you that you are becoming, she needs you. She needs you to keep going. She needs you to figure it out. She needs you to be strong. She needs you to show the fuck up. She's counting on you. You got to keep going. Let this sink in. You are one decision away from changing your life forever. You are one decision away from changing your life forever. And you're going to continue to make decisions for the rest of your life. Every day you have to make a decision about something. I need you to be proactive and not reactive. Be proactive on making your decisions, not reactive to life. What do I mean by that? If you're proactive and you make a decision, I'm going right. Because by going right, my pin on the Google Maps of life is set over here. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z when I reach that point. And when I reach that point and I get X, Y, and Z done, my next pin is going to be over here. I'm going to go a little bit northwest. And if I get halfway down that path and I don't like it, I may have to bust a right and then go north. Whatever that looks like, you get to figure it out every day. No decision that you make is set in stone. You can change your mind and make a different decision. But to let your emotions out think you, outrun you, and rule you, and be reactive to life, 
leads you to believe that you are not in control of your life. And that's a lie. That's a lie. And I can't let you believe it. When you are proactive and you start thinking about what it is that you want in your life, what direction it is that you want to go. Remember, we've talked about this a thousand times in the 27 previous episodes that I've done. There's eight major areas of life. You get to decide, you get to choose what direction it is that you go, what it is that you want in each of those areas so that each one of those areas of life, you can rank a 10. You can rank them a 10. That's what I call a self-awareness checkup. Is your emotional life a 10? Are you in control of your emotions or your emotions in control of you? Are you letting life beat you up and slam you around and you're reacting to every little situation that comes on? You've got anxiety, you've got depression, you're frustrated, you're sad, you're sorrow, you grief, you're, I feel abandoned, you've got jealousy, you've got shame and all, this, all these other hosts of emotions. If those emotions are running your life, you're letting life run you. You can get control of your life by, by learning how to control your emotions. Don't stuff them down, write them down. Why am I feeling this way? Why? Write it down. Get you a, a spiral notebook. I've been saying journal, but like with, for negative stuff, I think a spiral notebook is better. That way you can tear it out and you can burn it. If, and this is really going to depend on the person. Everybody's a little different. I, I've been journaling on and off throughout my whole entire life. I say my whole life, my adult life. I've been, it, journaling saved my life when I was going through my depression. Getting out all of those negative thoughts, negative emotions, those negative beliefs, how I was feeling and, and all of that. If I had not done that, I probably would not have made the leaps or the quantum leaps in life that I did emotionally as fast as I did and able to move as far ahead in life as I have from where I was at. I still have those journals with all the negative stuff written in it. Now I haven't gone back. I went back one time and I read them and I had a meltdown. I wasn't ready to read those. If you feel like go it, that you might be that person to go back and read that negative stuff in your journal, don't do it. Get you a spiral notebook. And when you're feeling that negative shit come up, the emotions, the feelings, the beliefs, the hurts, the anger, um, the hatred, the rage, whatever that looks like, write it down. Write down why you're feeling it. And then rip it out of the book. And then I want you to start writing down how you want to feel. Like, you know what? All that shit happened and I'm over it. I'm tired, but I'm ready for change. I'm open for change. I don't know what change looks like, but I know there's, other, there's been other people where, I've, where I'm at right now and they made it. And if they made it, I know that I can do it. I know that it's going to take some work. I know that it's going to take some steps. But you know what? I'm ready because I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to feel happiness. I want to feel joy. And I know those things are a decision. I know that I can choose happiness at every time, at any time. But I have to work my way up right now because right now I'm sad. And getting to happiness is too big a jump for me right now. But I can feel angry. And feeling angry feels better than sad. And then once I get to frustration, frustration feels way better than anger. I can get to happy. I can look at things that make me happy. Beautiful flowers make me happy. Watching kitties on the internet makes me happy. Laughing babies makes me happy. Find something to make you laugh. Find something to make you feel better, even if it's just for that moment. 
And once you write down all those positive things and you get the momentum going back in the other direction for a minute, take that piece of paper that you ripped out with all that negative bullshit on it. And I want you to get a match or a lighter. I want you to go outside and if you have a fire pit, put it in the fire pit. And if not, do it in the driveway. I want you to set that bad boy on fire. When you set it on fire, say, you know what? I felt these. I owned them. And now I'm letting them go. You're not ever going to poison my soul again. I love me way more than I love these circumstances or these things that hurt me. And it's time for me to set me free. And if you need to pause this and rewind and play that again, write those words down. And every time you have to pull a piece of paper out of that spiral notebook and burn it, you say that and you take a deep breath in, hold it for three seconds and let it out. You're going to find a peace like you have never known the more you do that. It's okay to feel your feelings and emotions. It's okay to express your feelings and emotions. It's okay to own who you are in that minute. It's not okay to make somebody else feel bad because you do. It's not okay to make somebody else pay for how you feel. It's not okay to blame somebody else for where you are in life. You have to take responsibility for where you are. You have to take responsibility for where you're going. And the minute that you do that, the group of people that are sitting around talking about the old you, that's all they can do is talk because they can't even get in touch with the new you. Think about that. There's a group of people that's sitting around talking about the old you because they can't even get in touch with the new you. That's what I was talking about, man. That's what I was talking about. Give yourself some, some grace on this growth journey because the you that you are becoming, she needs you. She's waiting on you and she needs you to keep going. If for no other reason than to prove everybody that said you couldn't do it wrong. If that's motivation for you, use it. I did. All the people that try to put semen around my feet and take me out of this thing called life, I won. Where am I at? I'm in Southern California living the life. I finished my book. Comes out July 4th, Independence Day, where everybody is going to start breaking up with their inner victim. You are going to be independent of your victim. You're going to choke her out and never let her rule your life again. I did that to prove everybody else wrong. All the people in my life that said, oh, she ain't never going to amount to nothing. Look at her family. Look at her mom. She's a drug addict. Look at their brothers. Her brothers, they're drug addicts. Oh, she got arrested. She ain't going to amount to nothing. She going to end up in jail. She going to end up dead. Look at all the drugs she doing. Look at all the alcohol she doing. Look at all that she doing. Look at all that she did. Bite my ass. How about that? Because I am alive. I am strong. I am powerful. I am beautiful. And I am free. I own me. I own my emotions. I own my life. I own my dreams. I own my vision. I own my history. I own my destiny. I own every step that I take. And can't nobody take that from me. Nobody. And nobody up in the cheap seats got, a, got an opinion in my life. Nobody. And those that, those that, that get brave enough to step 
into my life and think that they can give me opinion, I quickly escort them back up to the nosebleed section where they belong. Quickly. Oh, I'm sorry. That's so sweet. You thought you had an opinion. Let me, let me show you, let me show you where you need to sit. Right, way, way, way up here in the nosebleed section. Stay right there. And I walk back down to the stage where I'm at, where I belong. They still talking, but I can't hear you. They still talking. I can't hear you. They still pointing fingers. I can't see you. This right here is my circle. This right here is my stage. This right here is my life. This right here is my tribe. This right here is my destiny. I get to create it. And so do you. You get to create your life. You get to create your destiny. You get to create a history that you're proud of from this day forward. You get to decide who's in your circle or not. You get to choose your tribe. If you don't have a tribe, please come join mine. And maybe you'll find a tribe inside the tribe. So thank you guys so much for allowing me to share my heart. I love you to the moon and back. You just have no idea how excited I get each and every week to bring you this podcast. Um, I talked to a friend of mine, um, Sean. He, uh, about the Don't Believe the Hype podcast, where I said, you know, I'm looking for a dude to, let's, let's have this conversation about relationships. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm down. So he gonna listen to it again. He gonna take some notes. And we're going to have a conversation. We're going to plan a podcast and we're going to do a Don't Believe the Hype follow-up part two with relationships. So, Sean, love you, brother. Be safe going back to Birmingham. You know I got you. Give me a holler when you're ready and we will get this done. And to all my girls and all my peeps and all my dudes that are in my tribe, I love you. I really, really do. I want to support you. I want to help you cultivate your dreams and overcome your challenges and create a life that you want so with that being said we do a little quick housekeeping don't forget my book dear victim it's time for us to break up now will be coming out july 4th uh, i am going on may 4th may the 4th be with you <laughs> to do my book cover photo up at rancho cucamonga up at cucamonga peak i will put the link to that peak in my show notes so you guys can see where it is that I'm going to be at. It is freaking amazing. And so I'm going to get my book cover photo and as soon as I get that back from my uh, graphics arts designer, I'll be putting up pictures of the book and put, posting up links where you guys can pre-order and like this is going to be amazing guys. I just, I love you and I am so thankful and so grateful and so appreciative of all of your support each and every week. Like I never imagined how awesome this podcast could be and how fast it would take off. I couldn't do that without you. Uh, if you are listening on uh, iTunes, please hit that five star and give me a rating. I would so, so, so appreciate it. Leave a comment. Let other people know what you love about this podcast. Um, love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye now.